guys. Welcome back to the B list. I am here. Uh, I'm B, and I'm here with uh, Evan Real. You guys know him as um, Lamb. Well, you're not Lambly. Yeah, you're Lamb. Are you Lamb? Are you a Lamb? I'm, oh, I'm totally a Lamb. Yeah, I yeah, mean, you're absolutely. Yeah, I'm, part, I'm definitely part of the Lambly, of course. <laughs> um, senior TV reporter for Virtual Virtual Reality, uh, which is. Um, part of page six you're a co-host there you guys have live shows you have a live show coming up yes we have a live show coming up i think uh, new york yeah in new york at chelsea table and stage it's a really fun lineup of people we have um just gonna come to this one yes i'm gonna oh yes please come to this one because jessel you're your queen and you're my friend. queen yes <laughs> oh, she's doing the show with Bryn, which we are so excited to, to have those two together yeah and, uh, Danielle Cabral and Jen Fessler from New Jersey are doing the show. And then we also have Jordan from Winter House and Summer House. Mark oh, that is good. It's yeah. a good lineup. Yeah, yeah. It's a really good lineup. And I I know that like the Bravo fandom is just getting to know Jordan. But like, I don't know if you you watch Martha's Vineyard, right? I do. Because, you know, as as you guys all know, I am a huge Martha's Vineyard, the show enthusiast. Um, But I saw like some kind of like promo stuff with her i'm not going to be watching winter house because i just don't it's like weird like i think it's also like i don't want to watch a show about like them being in the snow in winter and also just the cast members i don't really like that the, the mixes of people but i love her and i saw some promo that she was doing for the show and she's very like quick and she's really like saucy and like i really like her yeah, she is. I she's so nice. I don't know if you like. I'm sure you remember the scene where she's like in that hot pink monokini, like dressing that dude down. The one who like came in for one night and then was like kicked out because yes. Just, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Love that scene. It's like imprinted on my brain. I hope she comes to the live show in December in the same monokini. <laughs> that would be my dream come true. Um. Well, we'll talk all about that. Um. So, and, and in the past, you guys have had, um, I went to the, was it the first one? That wasn't the first one that I went to, though. It was like the second or something. No, you went to the a, very first one, which was It was Margaret and, yeah. um, Jackie. and Jackie Goldschneider and Rachel was Rachel Fudo. But this is before the new season had aired. It was like a couple weeks before. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, and yeah, Meredith Marks was, was there, I think. Yeah. Meredith Marks, yeah. Uh, Rachel and Jen Fessler were in the audience and that's before like people really knew who they yeah. were like so crazy to think that like just a year later they're both like fully part of the Bravoverse now and again when's the date for that that is december 6th so it's a wednesday okay. and it's a, and again it's a holiday theme so okay. <laughs> be festive Love Start it. Can, can people get tickets online now or is it the tickets go on sale, I believe, Thursday or Friday of this week. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. But if you guys have questions about it, just go to page six um, Instagram, right? They can. Yeah. We'll promote it on Instagram. And, okay. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, backtracking a bit. Um, it's Halloween. Halloween is hours away from being over. Thank God. Honestly, I'm so like. I'm fucking done. <laughs> and it's my favorite season too. Oh, it's your favorite season. So you you're an autumn guy. I am. I'm I'm very much a summer person too. Yeah. I love like I'm even a winter person, but like some specifically spooky season. But now I'm like at this point, yeah. It's like once if it's like falls, if it like if you have to have the parties on the weekend and then it 
ends up being like actual Halloween on a weekday, I'm like, I'm over it by the time the weekend's over. Um, I'm like, you know, I did my Ice Spice costume and now I'm like, it's fuck the gym until 2024. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I love it. The Ice Spice costume was so good. And I Thank also you. love the fuck the gym until 2024 mentality. I wish... I I got a wedding coming up in like two weeks, so I'm trying to like look a little cute. Yeah. So what, what, I, what, say, fuck. I don't think I saw your costume. Did you dress up? I didn't have one. No. Okay. No, you're just I, I'm such a lazy Halloween person. I it's always last minute if I do do something. And like this year I just went to um like a house party at um uh Steven uh, Faces by Bravo's apartment. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And of course, everyone, like, of course, Stephen yeah. had multiple costumes. He was like, mm-hmm. so he had on like this, like, sparkly little jumpsuit with like Dory on his shoulder. And he looked like so great. And then like, for part of the night, he was Shannon dressed as Gina in a car crash. And then his dog <laughs> played Archie. It was it was really thought out and really special. Honestly, do you know what's oh. so funny is today is just like a day of celebrating Stephen. I had me and Danny had Dorit on the podcast today. And okay. Dorit Dorit all of a sudden is just like talking about her love for Steven and faces by Bravo. Like today is really his love that. Well, we love him here. He's been on here before. Um, He's he's a a frequent guest. Um, Yeah, no, I saw a couple of his costumes. Some of the, the top costumes that I've seen, I made a list. Um, Lots of Britney with knives. Lots of those. I saw at least like five in one night. Um, I've seen them just online. I didn't see any in person and I was so upset. We were walking through West Hollywood and I, like my eyes were peeled. I was like, where's, where's Brittany with the knives? But I yeah. did not see her. So I'm jealous that you saw some of those. Lots of McDonald's, like lots of McDonald's, whether it was a Hamburglar or like Grimace or I don't know, more than recent years. Like it's, it's a lot of McDonald's. People have fast food on the mind. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at it. Um, Lana Del Rey is Waffle House employee. Oh, wait, lots I, of those. I love that. That's kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. Um, a couple of celebrity ones that I thought were really on point. Um, Fat Joe as an Ozempic pen. <laughs> so play that's, a little play on his like, you know, branding. Um, Ed, she, Ed Sheeran. Is that his name? Yeah, Ed Sheeran as Chucky. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was really I'm sure good. you'd appreciate Honestly, it because like, it's ginger representation. I mean, I don't like, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that one. It kind of makes me sad that like he honestly didn't really even need much of a costume. Yeah. Um, and Ariana Grande and Liz Gillies as showgirls. Oh yeah. That showgirls. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Um, did you see Kim and Chloe as brat dolls and now Chloe's like bashed for black fishing? Did she not look that brown in it? Did she? I don't know. But then again, I didn't like look closely. I don't know. It kind of looked like her typical spray tan moment. Okay. okay. But I guess some people online felt like the the level of spray tan was a tad dark. So that's like always the story with them, though, right? I mean, it's like you know, it's like us being shocked by Ramona using the N word. But that's wait did you see, did you see the new story today? Oh, we're gonna talk about it. I know. <laughs> Unreal. So I can't. I can't. I can't. Um, well, actually, that's so one of the things on my list, actually, this week is people seeing the real Ramona. Like, not that we didn't know that she was like, low key, kind of like this. Um, but like, now we actually have like screenshots of text because I love how messy page six is. Cause <laughs> 
Messy in a fun way. Love. Um, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Um, so page six reported uh, just literally as we were getting on here. Um, Ramona Singer tried to downplay her use of the N-word while practically using the slur once again. Um, if you guys read the Vanity Fair piece, which we'll talk about in a bit, um, the Vanity Fair, what they quote unquote take down a Bravo, which it really wasn't. Um, and we'll kind of talk about that. But um, she was responding to, I guess, a page six reporter in yes. response to page six's coverage of the book. Or not the book, I'm sorry, the the, the Vanity Fair piece. Um, and she texted them and she was like, I use the N-word, not and she spelled out half of the damn word. I was like, um, be fucking serious, woman. Like I I just can't believe Unreal. She, like she put herself in that situation kind of like without yeah. like, un- like unnecessarily, like hey, nobody would not. <laughs> Why did you do that to yourself? So, like, basically, my coworker Francesca Bacardi, who is a phenomenal reporter, she yeah. covered the Vanity Fair piece about Ramona, and I guess Ramona said there was like an error in the article or whatever, and then like reached out to her and was like, "Hey, like, my alleged use of the N word was not in a hot sheet, and like, the, uh, for people who like didn't read the Vanity Fair piece, like, these hot sheets is kind of like a rundown of what happened during the day that." producers then give like andy cohen and executives to kind of like figure out what what's going on while they film but ramona was like it wasn't part of the hot sheet and i guess like we said that it was or i I don't know i don't even know why that part was like really important because like if you said it you said it like it just it doesn't matter yeah i think she was really splitting hairs like the point is is that she (laughs) right and then she like followed up and was like i didn't say i i said the n-word like the n-word not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then she gave it like like you said like it was literally she like volunteered break. said it like uh, like an abbreviation like it was just like chill can you not this woman is like i just i think there's really something to matter with her but it's like not that you have to have something to matter with i mean like racism can exist without her being like you know eating paint chips obviously as a kid which maybe very well did i don't know there's something off with this woman but i just bravo at what point do we say enough is enough like i'm like because i'm going to bravo con <laughs> this upcoming weekend and she, i wonder if she's invited she's definitely invited she's there and she's on the roni legacy panel and she has a slot of time to walk in the press room and i just can't imagine her doing interviews but then again if they're gonna she, ask her someone's gonna ask her so if she gets on the carpet and like does interviews like there's like a few different ways this could go she could just do photos and skip interviews but then that's a story and someone's right about that that she skipped interviews because of her n-word debacle if she does do interviews it would be a really bad look on bravo to go down the line of reporters and be like no vanity fair questions no you know what i mean so like then like that kind of becomes a story too yeah that becomes a story in and of itself and then if you don't if she doesn't skip the carpet and if they don't give parameters, then it becomes this like absolute mess. And she just sort of like gives herself to the wall. I don't, I don't know. I I don't feel like there's any correct way for this to happen that like, no matter what, it's going to be like uncomfortable. I think she should just like skip. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
it's so crazy because I feel like all of this stuff is not recent. Like I feel like it's had to have been going on for a long time behind the scenes, just like all of the investigations into it. So you think at some point they would maybe just be like, maybe you'll sit legacy out and maybe not have the, but it's just, I don't know. There's some interesting choices being made. Um, well, yeah. especially because like, no, I mean, with everything in this like vanity fair, like quote unquote expose, like, like yeah. you said, it's stuff that like we already new i mean it was more thoroughly reported so like we got like yeah. some like, new details some like new context and you know it was, it was interesting to read it and i i thought the writer did like a great job with it but like it wasn't like groundbreaking or earth shattering or whatever but when you kind of like you know map it all out it's yeah. crazy that they welcomed ramona back into the bravo verse so readily yeah and started ebony so easily yeah. i just like don't understand like their decision to you know kind of like be on the wrong side of history and like i will say ramona did our live show in may it was a mother's day theme and she was fun and she was pleasant and she was nice and she was very polite and mm -hmm. she had <laughs> shit together yeah, yeah. Um, so i i don't want people to come for me and be like well you've had her at the live show yeah yeah yeah. but i don't know she I, ramona is a very nuanced person and it is surprise surprising to me that mm. she has stuck around for as long as she has with like what you are you know suggesting is that this problematic behavior has probably been like problematic for like years and years, yeah. and, years and it just took ebony to say something but like no change actually happened i don't know yeah I, I the way I feel about the whole Vanity Fair piece is that it was like kind of I don't it's like uh, like you said it's like a lot of stuff that we already knew about it was really well reported but um and as you know I'm, I I know Leah so it's like I kind of already had heard a lot of this right. stuff um I was just hoping that they maybe had expanded the scope of women to talk to not that three women stories isn't enough but i thought there was going to be some stuff that we had never heard of like you said it's just like it was kind of retreading stuff that we had already known also i found it interesting that it was really specifically about roni and i thought there there could be some really interesting stuff happening across the board if you would talk to that's why i was shocked because it was kind of blown up to be some kind of like huge takedown and it really didn't wasn't right yeah it, yeah it was kind of uh uh a roni expose and and a, a sort of like a an which sounds to me more like a production thing rather than a yeah. although I, I guess yeah i think if anything like the the people who lost in this situation were ramona and shed media i think bravo and andy were kind of like whatever like yeah, I mean, yeah. like it, they were fine like it didn't really like cast them and too much of a yeah. like that's a really great point like i wish that there had been more like franchises and shows covered in it and like it was, yeah it was literally just and a lot of it sounded like very current stuff and i'm interested i mean these are franchises that have been around for over a decade and it'd right. be interesting to talk to has it changed over time or has it gotten better or worse you know what i mean that so that i don't know hmm. yeah i also one thing that i'm really interested to see what if like ramona does go to BravoCon. yeah this weekend I don't know if you saw Kenya commented on a post about it, like all caps, like nope. So I, <laughs> I hope Kenya's gonna be real. Well. Oh my god! Oh my god! Are they, is Kenya, gonna, Kenya will be there. Yeah, Kenya will be there for okay, sure. Yeah. And I hope she runs into Ramona. And also the great thing about like, ah, uh, yeah, I just because Kenya can wrap people up. So 
if anyone can say something to Ramona, it's Kenya. So, um, so BravoCon, so you're going, are you hosting a panel this year? I'm not hosting a panel this year. I was okay. not. Um, it seems like a lot of NBC Universal adjacent talent this time. Okay. And, and or like celebrities. Um, but this time I'm doing uh Danny's coming with me. So we're doing the press room together, which will be really fun because nice. Okay. Back in D- back l- last year, the podcast had only been around for like a month or something. So it's just like expanded a lot over the past year. So now it's like definitely more about like the podcast presence at BravoCon, which which will be fun. I'm honestly yeah. I'm kind of like glad it's in Vegas just because like I live in LA and so like it's yeah. a 45 <laughs> minute flight. But yeah. I don't know how you feel about Vegas, but Vegas to me is just like a really sad place yeah no i mean i've been before um i i agree it's like a serious kind of a sad vibe yeah it's like it's not like new york you could do anything in new york and it's like you know day to night it's completely change i don't know yeah it's like motorized scooters and cigarettes (laughs) i don't know it's just trash um yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, speaking of BravoCon, right before we got on too, I guess Joe Gorga's been called out by some comedian at like, I don't have the exact venue written down, but he was being called out on Instagram for promoting a show that doesn't exist apparently. And the person who was like touted as the headliner was like, I don't know this man. I don't know why he's promoting this. This guy is a scammer. It's like, yeah, just check it out. It's like literally like right before we got on here. But Joe Gorga, I feel like is just constantly being like, I don't know, man. I, you know what? I, you know I want to like Joe Gorga so much. I like I I do like Joe Gorga. He was on my panel last year for BravoCon, and yeah. I will say before the before the panel started, he like grabbed me. And all the husbands who are participating and he took me to the bar and he like made me do a shot and he was just like so like welcoming and nice and then like i am such a sucker for a short little muscle meatball and i i yeah i i'm a, I'm a joe gorga fan so i i'm rooting for him in his comedy career i hope that there is a real show happening at <laughs> i don't know that sounds really confusing why would you promote a show that's not real no fucking clue, man. But whatever happens with the Gorgas, anyways, that ever makes sense, I have no fucking idea. Like envy fashion shows, and I have no fucking clue. I, hey, she's a businesswoman. She's a businesswoman. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, speaking of that, like I guess Jackie recently switched um with Danielle on the panels that they're gonna be on because now the dynamics are all shifted. So now because Jackie's friends with Teresa, it's like a whole thing. I don't. What is your thought? What's your thoughts on that? What do you? Well, it's just like that the cast is so divisive and it has been for years. Like I remember last year, yeah, I was hosting my panel. Originally, I was hosting like the New Jersey men panel. So it was going to be like all the husbands together. And then all the women were supposed to do their own cast panel. And then then last minute, it became like this half of the group and this half of the group with their husbands. And this time it's like, half of the cast, half of the cast, and then the husbands are doing their own thing together where they're like learning a magic mic dance or something. Um, <laughs> but, it's going, what is happening? But I, I figured that the cast would be divided again this year. I just, I don't understand how like, I guess it just must be so terrible between <laughs> Melissa and Teresa, but like it, 
it's crazy how no other casts yeah like this treatment this like to be right, able to like, do this right like wouldn't wouldn't like i'm trying to think of like another pretty like toxic feud or situation on another like what if, what if candace you know even beverly hills really bad with, yeah like beverly hills like, like, why? like, like even when like in the middle of like uh denise richards and all that stuff or they they all still had to do stuff together right jersey's like i think jersey they're really worried that people are going to physically fight they're just like we can't have this yeah that's true it would be but Um, i do i mean i think that the like shifting of alliances is interesting because i think that you know a lot like i feel like jersey unfortunately was like i mean i I know that the ratings were like incredible last year and it was like i thought it was a really good season but but it's like nothing we're not watching anything but I don't think like we could have like done like another season of that, you know, like we couldn't like remain stagnant. So, I mean, if Jackie wants to flip on over to the other side and Danielle Cabral wants to do the same, like I'm here for it. I think it'll be really interesting. And like what I'm hearing is that the, Melissa and Teresa like have not interacted at all whatsoever. Yeah. Until they're the very end. It's not they that like, um, it's not so much like this side versus this side. There are there are definitely sides, but like there's like fights within each. Yeah. So <laughs> so two different shows. <laughs> wait, but that's how it's been described to me. Yeah. Like, oh basically, God. it's like two different shows. Yeah. That's exhausting to think about. Just finished Britney memoir. What do you um, think? I so I guys mean, like Evan is a probably like more than anyone else I know, like the Britney kind of aficionado, Britney expert. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I love her so much. Like she <laughs> is like a part of my spirit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I absolutely loved reading the book. I've never read a book faster in my life. I think it like took me less than a day. Like it was just so good because I, I just wanted to like, get all the information as fast as I could. And what I will say is like, if you haven't read Britney Spears' memoir, it is a very, it's a very quick and easy read because yeah. it's not, it's not, it's definitely not meaty. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost kind of like a stream of consciousness. Like it feels like a diary. Like she really yeah. like, like yeah. moves through things really fast. And that's the thing. Like I'm so impressed with um, Sam Lansky. He it was her ghostwriter, And he is such like a like a beautiful descriptive writer but he was really able to capture britney britney's voice like it really sounded like her to me yeah like it, for sure it, it really did and this is like not a read at all like this is like i this is a, a compliment it sounded it sounded so much like britney that it, it really felt like an like an elevated instagram caption like it like yeah. everything sounded like she would say like even just like the way she would like the sentences were put like the sentence structure yes for sure like Britney Spears. did and you i, I actually got the audiobook so i did because oh. it's michelle williams yeah i was like that's a weird choice right but yeah. then I- everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I, when actually, did you have you for clips of it, I'm sure? 
I've heard clips of it and I was actually just talking to somebody. She sounds just like her in some parts. Yeah, that's what they said. The same intonations. There's like weird inflections. It's just like she very much studied the way Britney talks. And yeah, it's just like sometimes she sounds deadpan. Sometimes she sounds like not excited. It's just like it's all over the place. But I thought it was, I'm really happy I got the audiobook. Honestly, anytime there's an audiobook, I'm going to get it. Because like when Mariah Carey did hers, Obviously, yeah. I'm going to get Mariah Carey. To, right. Like, please. Um, but this was really, really good. I actually recommend doing the audiobook. And like I, like you, I went right through it. It only took like a day and a half. But I, yeah, no, I just, all your points about Sam Lansky, like stream of conscience and yeah. just like all of that. But conscience, consciousness, is that what you said? Conscious, conscious. Yeah. But I don't even know. I probably uh, yeah, 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 whatever. Like, yeah. You're, you're not <laughs> um, but I was a little like, I guess parts that I, I loved the stuff about her childhood. Mm. Cause I was like, that was really, that was honestly the most illuminating I felt because I didn't know yeah. that it was that bad. Like right. her drinking at the age of 13 and all that stuff with her parents. I know going that, to Biloxi, Mississippi to get her strawberry daiquiris with Lynn. That's so trashy, um, but makes so much sense. And I didn't realize that her dad was such a menace and so terrible. And I didn't realize it was that bad, which makes so much sense. One thing I I, I liked when she was kind of describing, was, although I felt like the first album, she really kind of like glazed over. Like she was like, we did the video. Mm-hmm. And then before you knew it, she was already on tour. And I was like, I was maybe expecting more detail about that period because it seems so pivotal in her career. But I guess there's so much ground to cover. So you can't really. Right. Um, I was also she kind of glazed over in the zone and mm. she touched on blackout, but then really like, did she even describe like the making of circus at all? Or is that just me? I feel like she didn't talk about I circus. Know. I think she, she I think she hated that era. Of Yeah. I mean, like looking back on it, that's when this, that's when the conservatorship started. Right. So she, I, maybe it's like a coping mechanism, but yeah, that was interesting that she didn't talk about it at all. She talked about femme fatale. She talked about Brittany Jean, um, but yeah, she didn't mention circus whatsoever. Like not, nothing like she talked about the tour that she fucking hated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, it's so, it's actually interesting that she didn't mention circus because that was the beginning of the conservatorship. And like, that was the album she was pretty much forced to do. Um, so, But you, it was honestly kind of like considered a comeback too, because it did well. Yeah, no, Circus was like very commercially successful. It was a, it was a really good album, but I think, yeah, she was, she was, so she does talk about Blackout in the book and how proud she is of it and how she thinks it's like the best work that she's ever created. And that was obviously yeah. the conservatorship. So maybe just like, and the, the crazy thing is, is that the black, like Blackout came out just one year before Circus did. So in my mind, during that time, Circus did feel like a comeback because even though Blackout was like incredible, yeah, she didn't promote it. She didn't like. She did like two videos for it, and then that was like, yeah, yeah. She didn't. She didn't. It, it didn't have like the same like glitzy, glamorous rollout that like circus. But people loved it. Yeah. Oh, people like loved it. I love it. Her. That's her best album. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, no skips. It's just crazy, like the way that you know, even as like, uh, I'm so like ashamed as her fan for like not seeing all the bullshit that was like in plain sight like in front of me at the time like me buying into oh her dad saved her and me buying into circus is a comeback when like it was literally hardly a year 
and yeah. she just released like the greatest album of her career and so yeah. i don't know i was yeah. just like yeah yeah truly a good portion of the book is about the conservatorship which i understand a lot of people have the most questions about i think yeah um i guess i didn't realize like how much of it it was like honestly the back quarter of the book Mm -hmm. was really just conservatorship stuff but i guess that's for for effect too because to really understand how like draining and prison like it was the only way to do it is to have it trudge along and you just feel like, fuck, we're still on this. Um, but it kind of need it to be, but I thought it was well done. Um, yeah. yeah. The conservatorship stuff was like really interesting. Like, I guess there, there definitely like was um, more detail and insight surrounding the, uh, when she was forced to go to the facility, the, which yeah. I guess it's like a drug rehab mental facility. Like I don't even really know. Like, what yeah. Was. Um, but that is like the one thing that I think is that she's like stuck on that is so unforgivable to her. And like, rightly so. I mean, yeah, yeah. Experience sounded so beyond fucked up. And like, I looked at, I looked up the place where she was at and it like truly is like low rent, like bottom. Really? Of the Absolutely disgusting. And then I also just like, I'm really sad for her. Like the isolation of being there alone and yeah. then the immediate switch to having to be among the other residents of this yeah. um, this facility like the isolation is terrible because like you're isolated and you're lonely but then like also being forced to mingle with others like halfway through your stay as yeah. Britney Spears must be so that's what angry. I kept thinking of I was like do they come up and want autographs do they care are they but then they're also like drug addicts too they're like Right. Well, and that's the thing too. Like poor, poor Brittany is there because she was like stashing energy supplements because they were forcing <laughs> her to still fucking work. It like that's, that's the thing too. If you haven't read the book, like the way Brittany writes it is like she was forced into this mental health facility for four fucking months because she was stashing energy supplements and she refused to do one dance move, which yeah. is <laughs> so insane. So then she's like in this facility with people who are like potentially schizophrenic or using black tar heroin and she's like i just had my like energy gummies and didn't want to do a pirouette or a body roll and how am i here yeah it's fuck it's fucking crazy you guys get the book it's it's really really great i wonder if there will be i don't think it would i don't see it as a movie oh by the way there's a there's a volume two coming yeah she said a volume two is coming and then also there uh like all the trades were reporting today that all these different studios are in bidding wars to get the really? rights or like some sort of like movie or TV. I don't see it as a movie. I see it as a series, like an HBO series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe like a two, two season thing or maybe three season. Maybe it does like her childhood, the middle and then the conservatorship. Oh yeah. That'd be a great way to structure it. Honestly, the childhood and then like, like Britney stardom prime time. Yeah. All the love life stuff in the middle with Justin to K fed, you know what I mean? But I think that you could also, it would be three different actresses playing maybe those three different eras, but I think you could also intertwine it all like every, cause it's like a lot of it goes back to her childhood. So it could be intermingled and like all of her relationship stuff goes right back to the way she was treated as a child or her love for dance and all that stuff. So yeah, maybe I'll write it. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I um I just interviewed this photographer. His name is Marcus Klinko, and he shot the tour book for the oh, Honest wow. Tour. And this, this was 2004. So he traveled and, with her and did it? 
Yeah, no, he, it was just like a, like a, you know, like the tour books you get, like you buy at the concert. It, yeah. it was like, just like beautiful, like editorial shots that were like specifically oh, okay. Got like it. the tour book and then um merchandise and stuff. And so I was talking to him about the photo shoot and it was like an 18 hour day. And she came up with like all the concepts, like, like there was like magic forest and like um jazz lounge and ice princess it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. different like random ass themes that britney spears wanted to do and so he like built all these sets for her and they, like he said it was like a great day she was like really collaborative like really about it like very excited to work and get and get through the day and said that like back then she wielded like so much control like she called the shots she came up with like all the concepts and ideas and everything and like when she's like when she said something like that's the way that it went and her she he said that her team was present the entire day and her dad was there which is weird because in 2004 like as a fan i didn't know that her dad was involved was during that yeah time, like, at all like i thought he was like you know drinking or like i think at one point like britney bought him like a chicken restaurant to run or something i don't know <laughs> but he, was, he was there on set and then there was a time during the photo shoot where there was like um like a bed set up where she was like in lingerie and it was like very sexy and her dad just like wandered onto the set he said like came into the room where they were shooting and like britney like immediately covered herself up and was like get out dad and like, <laughs> he just like walked away no problem like then went to play cards in the room next door with like larry rudolph the rest of the time and they just like let britney do whatever so it's just really sad to me how much control like what's really sad to me is britney went from like break like justin breakup to the next year she did in the zone mm -hmm. and then the next year she went on a tour that she says in the book that she fucking hated hated was praying for her knee to break God yeah, she's was, like if i something my knee break again or something right. my ankle and then it happened yeah and then it <laughs> happened and my date got canceled and i never got to see that concert which Something's was sad. Yeah. um but then you know she jumped right into like marriage and babies with kevin and then after that was 2007 and after that was conservatorship so like if you really like think about like britney's like active years in the beginning of her pop stardom like she really only had like one year of like just being britney spears yeah so crazy to yeah think about. yeah that's fucking and crazy she, it all happened so fast yeah like life just comes maybe that's fast. why that period of the book kind of goes really fast but um love to guys definitely get the book i mean it's like the it's like the quickest selling celebrity book of all time within a matter of 24 hours so i'm sure you guys already have it i'm sure you're already listening to it or reading it or whatever version you guys got um yeah i wonder who's gonna play her it's definitely gonna get sold it's gonna be something they're gonna do something with it I know. I feel like the Britney army is going to be very, um, we're going to have thoughts, feelings, and opinions about whoever. Yes. There's going to be a boot camp for sure. Oh, like Madonna style. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, I still want that Madonna one. Um, same. So this actually leads into my second thing on my list this week is the fact that it's open season on Justin Timberlake. Like I want his head. Um, everything about him in that book makes me even more angry. Get him one more time for me, y'all. Keep yeah, getting him. It's like I'm never getting over it. We're never okay. forgiving him. I think even Lance Bass came out and asked everybody to just practice forgiveness. I'm like, Lance, you should have just sat there and ate your fucking food. Don't worry about what's going on over here. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Please, Lance, stay out of it. Oh my God. He can be so annoying sometimes. Yeah. 
I uh, I was not mad at the public reaction to Justin Timberlake after this book because yeah he um, he's got his comments you know, turned it goes off. around comes around as he said right right the comments are turned off on Instagram yeah. <laughs> as they and should even Jessica Biel's comments are turned off like Ooh, well I don't know that lady I don't I don't know anything about her life or what <laughs> she got to do with this but. I guess if she's catching ricochets or strays, then I guess that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Yeah. What, so yeah. Um, Sorry, Ms. I want to ask you um, what's on your list this week. Of things I'm obsessed with? Yes. Okay. So number one thing that I am obsessed with right now is liquid nose jobs. <laughs> okay. I, yes. Just, I've had a few people on this podcast who have gotten liquid nose jobs and they were really, like, yeah. Yeah, so I just oh, wait. I'm trying to think done. if she talked about it in person. I feel like <laughs> she talked about it. I feel like she talked about it on here. I won't call her out, but yeah, it's a people get them, and it's 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 actually like you get them every what, like six months or something like that. And I, the, it my, can do crazy my stuff. Director like said like um, this should last like a like a little over a year or something. So. Um, I guess because like, cause mine was only like a tip lift. Like I didn't get it. Okay. And so I guess, cause you don't really touch the tip of your nose. Like it lasts longer, but it's something that I have been thinking about for a while because at page six, like I've been doing more like video stuff. And yeah. so when I'm covering carpets, I'll like see like my profile, like turned yeah. to us. Like, actually it was like, I, it was a video of me interviewing kyle richards and i turned like i was like looking at my profile and i was like okay since <laughs> i fucking look like alphaba like i i was like i did not know my nose hugged down like that like ew so it's i've just been like self-conscious about it ever since and so i was getting pre-wedding botox and the front desk girl at the med spa that i go to she i was like i think next time i'm gonna do the liquid nose job like i'm finally just gonna do it and she was like oh yeah. i just done and then she showed me her before and after and then brian my uh, soon-to-be husband was like you know what you should just do it before the wedding because you're yeah. gonna take the photos if you don't so anyways got my little liquid nose job but i will say it was really easy it was painless i got it friday today is tuesday and oh. my nose is very tight like oh okay smiling is like a strain so oh I, okay does it hurt it doesn't hurt it's just, just like, tight it's just really tight. Um, okay. Like right here. So I hope that it's like a little looser by BravoCon because I'm going to be looking, I'm going to be talking to like Gina Kirsten Heider, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah. So that's, that's number one. Number two okay. is speaking of memoirs is uh, Cody Rigsby's memoir. I'm in the middle of it. I have not read it yet, but I need it, to. I, you, well, especially someone who like works with him. Like you yes. will absolutely love, Cody. love it. He is just, so I just does he have an audiobook version? I don't think he does. He doesn't. That's such a sh- I'm I'm not an audiobook person, but like I'm looking I right listen now. to an audiobook of his because obviously we all love the way Cody Rixby. I'm looking it up. Delivers a line. Um but yeah, I love the book so much. It's so uh relatable just being like a Britney obsessed gay who like spent the majority of their adolescence in North Carolina. I've like yeah, we like it just feels like like we're just kindred spirits but i love that that's your that's on your list i'm gonna get i'm, I'm gonna get into that book next so it's yeah. it's so good um and then uh lastly on my list is dorit dorit kemsley i feel like we're okay. in a renaissance especially after having yes. her on my podcast today like she is just like in her 
motherfucking bag right now. Like, I feel like the the, the second episode of Beverly Hills season 13, I just watched that. It is, it's so good. She's such a star. Like, if you guys haven't seen it, <laughs> PK surprises her with like a pretty woman inspired date at the Beverly Wilshire. And oh, like, I don't think that's aired yet. It'll, yeah, so it, it airs tomorrow. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, and it is just like, it's so good. She like comes in like a red dress and white gloves, like a, like a red diamond necklace, like fully Julia Roberts out. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah. She, Dorit like is camp. And like, I'm, I don't know if she's like in on it or not, but I like the ambiguity. Yeah. Of not I think it's both. It seems yeah, like, it's a little yeah, bit, about, a little bit yeah. about. So she was on the show yesterday. You interviewed her yesterday. Uh, yeah, Danny and I had her on today. And today, okay. Yeah, so I don't know when. I don't know when the episode will come out. Probably in like a few days or something. But yeah, okay. she is just such. She's such a joy. Did you guys get to ask about what's going on with her and PK? Yeah. Um. So they're they're all good. But okay. Basically, they just had a really challenging year because. Okay. She she had another robbery, which we saw. Yeah, and okay, yeah. She said that kind of, like, launched her right back into PTSD from, like, the first robbery. And after, like, that first robbery, PK, like, kind of, like, dove into work. He was traveling a lot, which mm-hmm. I, Danny, my co-host, actually, like, kind of mentioned this on the podcast. He was like, you know what, maybe that was, like, a coping mechanism for PK. Yeah, and, like. A light bulb went off in Dorit's head. She was like, oh, I never thought about it like that. Like, maybe, like, I was being, like, a little, she didn't say self-centered, but, like, in, in you know, more or less, you know, like, maybe I was, like, being a little self-centered, just kind of, like, thinking about myself. But, like, maybe he needed a way to cope, too, from the robbery and not being there and, like, maybe having feelings of guilt that he, like, left me in that vulnerable position. Blah, blah. So, maybe, like, he, like, dove into work to, like, sort of cope or whatever. So, she was having, like, revelations in real time with us. Okay. But basically, she was saying that he was traveling and working so much during a time when she, like, really needed him. And that sort of, like, so made that's them what's challenging. disconnected. Um, and okay. then she said that the rumors about them living apart just, like, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, so she's Yeah, like, we talked about it on this podcast, like, last week when I had Lucas Tim on. And we, yeah. there was, like, a blind item and it said a West Coast housewife and her husband are completely done. Um, but it's not who you think it is, which means that like it's not Kyle and Richards that they're talking about. Kyle Richards and um, Marisa that they're talking about. But we were saying it's either Dorit and Piquet, but it doesn't sound like it's them. So it could be Whitney and whatever his Justin. name is, Justin. Yeah. Oh, that because they said that they hit they hint at it on whatever show that they're on. And I don't know. They feel like they hint at that on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I. Yeah, I feel like it could it could be them. That kind of makes me sad because it seems like at one point they really did have like a strong yeah connection. But like Kyle and Mauricio, yeah, I thought would be in it to win it for eternity. And like seeing the way they've been in these like first few episodes of Beverly Hills, like and seeing Kyle being the one who's like, "Mm." (laughs) she seems like she's really over it, and he doesn't care. And and I don't blame her, like because she explains to Dorit, like I just like need some freedom. Like I guess she she feels a little stifled by Mauricio, who thinks he has one fucking thing to say. Like I just I can't believe that he thinks that he can just like comment on like where and when and how and why she gets tattoos. Like she can get tattoos 
whenever the fuck she wants to get a tattoo. She's in her woman and me era. She yeah. just read she just read Woman and Me. So she she certainly did. She, she did. is definitely in her woman and me era. <laughs> like she just like needs to do what she needs to do. And I, if it probably, I don't know. It, it just yeah. seems like she was like not giving her the space to like explore and thrive. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a midlife crisis, but like if she's experiencing one, like Mauricio should just sort of like sit back, relax, and watch the show instead yeah. of like like metal. And then there's a moment in episode two when the like mom gets involved and oh god i guess the mom didn't know that kyle had tattoos and then i guess it's unclear whether mauricio actually has a tattoo or doesn't have a tattoo but kyle implies that he has a tattoo to the mother and then the mother gets upset and then mauricio gets upset and it's like all a bunch of gods over nothing it's yeah well that mother's fucking weird she's like hugely maga she's like very maga it's very strange um Her Facebook likes and comments are really. Um, I want to go over to the bonus episode. I want to talk a bit about more BravoCon because you said you had some interest, well, some ideas, some not ideas, um, some thoughts about Shannon Bedore. Is she gonna be? Do you think is she gonna gonna be there? As so far, yes. Someone go drive. She's she's teasing her outfits on Instagram. So okay, so Shannon Bedore is gonna be there in Sin City. Wow. We are going to talk about all of the other shows. Real Housewives of Miami. Did you see the tr- the preview or the uh, the premiere? Yes, I'm in it. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and by the time this airs, it will be out, so we can talk about yes. it. Yes. So let's yeah. talk about it over there. Let's talk about you on Real Housewives of Miami. Tell the people one more time where to follow you on social media and where to get tickets for the upcoming virtual reality show. It's in New York. Yes, yeah, it's in New York at Chelsea Table and Stage. So uh, they'll be on sale at ChelseaTableAndStage.com. And then I'll be posting about it on my socials at, at Evan Real. Uh, so yeah, follow me on Instagram at Evan Real. And then, uh, yeah, come see me and Danny at our live show because it'll be another another fun time. And You guys, it's really fun. And I, my first time there, I met Meredith Marks for the first time. I think I'd never met her before, but yeah, it was Margaret and... I, it's fun. They bring all their friends too. So, like, if Jessel yeah. and Brenna are there, they're pro- I bet you Uba will come along too. I hope so. She yeah. Uba was at our last live show, like on stage with Sai, and that was a really good time. But yeah, it's oh. a it, like, it's a really um it's a very like cool intimate experience. And a lot of the times, like after the show, like the talent is there just to like hang out. They just hang out. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so it's it's really fun. Um, so get tickets. Hopefully, Uba's behaved because that reunion. Ah. Let's talk about it over on the B side. <laughs> okay. Um, that reunion was fucking crazy. I, I'm i not a fan. Patreon.com slash the B-list, guys, for the bonus episodes. You can subscribe there. Um, let's talk about Uba. Let's go over there. I love you guys. Bye. Bye.